Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 7th, 2013. There's always newcomers coming in to the broadcast and I advise them to make good use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Go into the archive section. You'll find lots of uh, talks I've given over the years where I go into the history of the system, the big system that runs the world. It's not a conspiracy. The guys actually who are involved in this uh, big agenda, you might say, write books about it, lots and lots of books about it, uh, the ones who participate at the top, especially when they retire, and uh, they put their memoirs out and so on. And they tell you they're bringing in this new plan society, global system, with uh, science also uh, running our lives for us, basically, with government agencies from birth to death and so on, all across the whole planet. And they've already implemented a lot of it across the Western world, and they're going for the whole globe now. But they also want to run the world properly, they say, rather than have people make up their own minds and make their own decisions about things. They're going to do it all for you when you're born, basically, even before you're born, because eventually, if you read their writings going back a 100 years, they say that eventually they won't, you won't get born unless they actually need you for something. And we're going into genetics and all the rest of it now. That's all part and parcel of the same agenda. So remember to, uh, that you bring me to you, the, you're the audience that help keep me going because I don't bring on uh, sponsors and advertisers as guests and so on. And uh, depending upon you to buy the books and this uh, cutting through matrix.com. And I go through the art of chronology. Chronology is always used. It's used daily, uh, on a daily basis by the, the mainstream media. It doesn't matter what form of media it is. It's, it's all propaganda, basically. And propaganda is something with a spin on it or a bias on it to lean against something, to formulate your opinions for you on behalf of those who put it out in the first place. They want you to arrive at predetermined opinions. So that's what propaganda really is, shaping in the mind for someone else's agenda. So I go through the whole history of it. So remember to buy the books and discs, as I say. From the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are seriously welcome as we go through this new con of inflation, which is simply devaluating uh, or devaluation of the currencies across the planet. And, of course, we're getting devalued because we're going into a new system. And out of every, every crisis, they make their agenda happen. They need crisis to make things happen. Uh, you've seen it in Europe with the euro. They created the euro out of crisis after crisis. And each time that people get into the euro, they end up bankrupt, bailing out over their country. Then they use all those crises to bring in even more power through the IMF and the Bank for International Settlements, all institutions that were created and written about a 100 years ago by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, a private organization that helps run the world. And the Council on Foreign Relations, of course, which is as foreign branches of the same thing. So we're living through someone else's agenda, and including the wars and all the big bank crashes you hear about and the ones still to come because they want a global currency down the road eventually after they bring us down to utter ruin and a mess at the bottom. And that's how they get it all to happen. 
They also call the system progress. And no one ever questions what progress is. And progress really is simply the fulfilling of their laid down plans. Very simple. And we're all living through it. All of us are living through it. And you find too that all the power and all the big decisions that are made today are outside you, even your members of parliament or your congress. It's way above them. It's international corporations. Because international corporations are the ones which basically uh, put their guys into politics now. Look at the, the histories of the guys who, who apply to go into politics, at the high levels especially. They've all been CEOs of corporations. When they're out of politics, they go back into them again. And then we're back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. And I've talked many times about the, the big system and of course the, the manipulators that really work this, our minds basically. And you can go back even way before Edward Bernays came along into the book Propaganda and once even before that. And even going to the writings of Machiavelli and so on. These guys all knew the ancient sciences of running the minds of whole herds of people basically. And today it's even more perfected. And down through the ages when conquerors would come into a new empire, you'd find they didn't simply destroy, as they try to make out sometimes and burn libraries down. They stole the libraries first because knowledge is power. And especially with empires that have lasted for a long time, you don't burn down their libraries. You, you, you grab all their stuff to find out how they did it and held on to it. Then you use it yourself. Ancient knowledge, I call it chronology because that's what it is. Uh, for any, any individual, in fact, to give up the right to anybody is a, a bit kind of crazy to start with, isn't it? And it's always done under the guise of keeping you safe and solidarity and all this kind of stuff. And you end up being a subservient to whoever's at the top honchos. And then you get the advisors around the top honchos that are the Machiavellian types. And they know all the sciences of running the, the people, basically. Very, very simple. Francis Bacon's is good to read his articles and the books he wrote for the king as he basically presented his resume on how to con the public. And as nothing's changed today, all, all releases can go through public relations departments from governments. All departments of government, even your local governments, have public relations companies working with them. Sometimes they have their own guys employed full-time, public relations experts, which is just propaganda. How to take any news at all and spin it into the direction you want the public to think about or believe in and so on. News itself isn't simply uh, what's really happening, it's what they want you to think about that is happening, as opposed to other things which they don't bother telling you about that's really happening. So in other words, news today is a science, and it's a science of control. They give you the topics to chat about, and we do chat about them, because we've got nothing else given to us, you see. Most folk are brought up in the system to believe that those above them are, are straightforward and honest and so on. A very tribal instinct in a sense, you see, very primitive. Because in the old days, in the ancient days, you used to have uh, people that would get together in Uppsala, for instance, Norway and other places where they'd gather together and they all had a say in what happened before a decision was made. That was true, what we think of as democracy. Uh, and you didn't have an elected bunch that simply made the decisions for you without consulting you. Today we still go through the sham of um, 
thinking we elect people, but they're all pre-appointed and selected by, well, as I said before, uh, the Royal Institute for International Affairs in Britain, the Council on Foreign Relations in the US and Canada. And uh, so it's all done in advance. All the leaders are. And they have been, according to their own uh, um, historians, for a hundred for hundred years now it would be. They've been doing that. So we don't have democracy. So we're so through the forest of sending people off to parliament that live pretty well. They don't really know much about what's going on, especially in the money department. And they do well for themselves. It's to do with ego and what they call playing the game. Playing the game means, you know, which way the wind blows, uh, not from the public. It doesn't matter about the public once you're in office. You simply know where the wind blows inside your party and you always vote with the party. So as, as we don't have representation at all. But getting back to the main point, the point is your minds are directed. That's so important to understand. Uh, from the trivia they give you for a lot of people who've already caved in with the pressure of not understanding the complex stuff that they're getting, is getting shoved at them. They, they go into the trivia. And then yet the trivia gets mixed up with the serious until nothing is serious anymore. It's all almost fantasy, isn't it? So you're, you're already out of the game. You're not a threat to those who hold power in any positions at all. And that works so well. There's nothing, nothing is out there by accident. Nothing whatsoever. As I say, when you see mainstream news to do with bombings of, of countries and even pictures or photographs of, of uh, people getting blown up and body parts, etc., and down the right-hand column, there's every boob babe one after another, every celebrity and, and hardly anything at all. Uh, you know, this, this is a format, you understand. Sex violence, sex violence, sex violence. A, a technique that's so well understood by those who run society. But the average person doesn't even think through it consciously. But the images do. It's to do with images. Symbology rules, you understand, and, and the, the, there's been very good exposés about symbology and the art of imprinting in the mind symbols. When symbols are used, they override logic, and then facts don't matter anymore. That's why the propagandists in war uh, flood you with symbology. From, from the national symbols, which get the pride going and all the rest of it, uh, together with destruction of, of the nation, like 9-11. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it works wonders. Facts don't matter. And inconsistencies don't matter either. It's emotion which works. Very primitive instincts, as I say, that really are used against us now with the sciences are understood. And as I say too, we're going towards this thing called progress. Very few people understand what it means. And as I say, progress simply means that you have to have a, rule, a, a system laid out in advance that you want to achieve step by step by step. Otherwise, you can't say progress is undefined. And this is defined. They know exactly where they're taking us all. Because the boys have set up the free trade systems, the private central bank systems under the, under the Bank for International Settlements and IMF and World Bank. As I say, they set up this whole agenda a long time ago and they wrote about it at world meetings. They put out their books of world meetings back in the thirties. I've got some of them here from the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And they laid out the future. They even at that time too, they knew they were going to have a war with Germany. And they weren't worried about losing it at all. In fact, they, they were going on to what they would do after the war, and so on and so on, the rest of the agenda. And they also knew they'd have to change culture drastically. And for someone from outside reading their books, you'd think, how come the top bankers who were present, by the way, always at these meetings, because they set up 
the Royal Institute for International Affairs, why were they backing communism and all for communism? Well, communism is, is, the, is the rise of the big government. That's why. They like big government to be t- between uh, themselves and the masses. And big government trains the masses until the, the masses are, are dependent on big government, especially when you bring a massive welfare system. And then you're, you're determined to destroy the family unit, which has been done. And then the big government steps in with agencies to help out single mums or find homes for children, stuff like that. On and on it goes. And you see, so communism works hand in glove with capitalism. Now they call it socialism. You've never heard any of the big bankers ever decry socialism. They're only too happy to, to lend to governments as much as they want. Out of nothing anyways, thin air. And uh, because it's, they, they live off the massive interest which can't be paid. They live awfully well off the interests alone. That's not bad for a con of something you don't give them at all except a bunch of numbers, but you get real benefits, real material goods back in return at compound interest. That's how you live off it. But see, very few folk can actually figure it out. And of course, they're never going to change this system. The bankers always plunder the planet at least twice every century. At least twice every century. Look at the history. And they won't fix it because they want it to happen again because they use it to further their power and their grip across the planet. And there'll be more crashes yet. There's some of them scheduled to come. They've already set the laws on the books so that they can plunder the accounts of the public. Now, here's an example here, too, of progress because under progress, uh, as a guise to protect the crew that's doing it, they always have to start stand up for everybody else uh, uh, under the guise of discrimination. And we've seen the rise of the feminists for a long time, too. That's one of the first groups, in fact, the Marxists says that they would use was the creation of feminist movements, which they did. Because you can't really destroy the family unit unless you really get a lot of women to to be anti-male and so on. And they did a good job of that. Now it's taught in school as a normal thing. But then we get them promoted further into the military and so on. And then you get the CIA selects new head of clandestine service passing over the female officer who, who... They'd all backed for the job. And it says, this is a great thing for a testimony, isn't it, for the U.S. Not that the U.S. is the only country doing this. But it's a CIA officer who was the first woman to lead the agency's clandestine service, but was also directly involved in its controversial interrogation programming torture. Will not get to keep that job as part of a management shake-up announced Tuesday by CIA Director John O'Brennan, it says here. This officer, who is undercover, served as director of the National Clandestine Service on an interim basis over the past two months, and many consider her a frontrunner to keep the post, which involves overseeing the CIA's spying operations worldwide. And it says here that uh, apparently she was uh, involved, and it leaked out somehow or another, in torturing people over in Thailand on behalf of the U.S. in some torture facility they had there. But the thing is, I mean, it's just a great thing to be proud of or something. Equality for sadists. Think about it, folks. You understand when we've all become this bad enough when we're guys doing it, but when you get women in too, it's like the game's over. There's no, there's no balance to anything now. There's no counterbalance to, to the, to the nastiness. And this has been lauded, of course, as a great thing that she can do this. And then getting back to the bankers, it says, now, <laughs> Can you believe it? And, and this, with all the, 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 with this great thing called economists, the economists that run the world, the science of economy, 
uh, and all their degrees and all the rest of it. Uh, they can't stop this kind of thing from happening. Dollar slides on George Soros' speculation ahead of the reserve meeting. Now, he's sunk countries before him and a couple of his pals because they set up the system and they haven't changed it so that when, when big heads of the immediate banks are going to meet together, they speculate on if, if, their, if their money is going to rise or fall. And they make profits off of it. And they can help sink it by losing confidence of investors just by announcing what they're doing. So it says a senior currency strategist says a half-cent dip in the Australian dollar since yesterday afternoon is unlikely to have much to do with rumours that billionaire investor George Soros is shorting the currency. That's what they call it, shorting the currency. I'll go back into this one when I come back after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about this article about George Soros. And it says, rumours swirled around markets yesterday evening that billionaire US investor George Soros may have taken a $1 billion short position against the currency, betting against the currency of Australia. Mr Soros famously profited from successfully shorting the British pound early in the 1990s, despite attempts by the Bank of England to prop the currency up, that they borrow billions to bail themselves out because Soros and two of his buddies had shorted basically the pound by design and purpose to recommend a massive profit. Now, what kind of system would they set up in the first place to allow these guys to do this? Well, who set it up in the first place? If you went to Rothschild and all the rest of these guys who run it all. And it's set up to be raped and plundered and manipulated. So whole, I mean, billions of people across the world literally are in the hands of a few who play with them. And they call this a science we're all supposed to believe in, economy and economics. And yet all the best economists at the top can't see it all coming when they don't stop and plug all the loopholes. Why do you think so? It's not meant to be plugged. It's not your system, folks. It's not your system. It's for the likes of Soros and so on. That's what it was set up for. That's why they don't stop uh, and plug up the loopholes, allow them to do what they do. And, and why is your currency up there getting tossed around the planet anyway to, to speculators to deal with? What's the point in working for a living and, and, and saving up and all the rest of it when these characters can smash you in a single blow as they profit and laugh? And Soros even boasted about how he did it in half a page in the British newspapers the last time. Boasted about it. Quite legal. It's quite legal. Yeah. And we supposed to think we're living in a sane society. It is sane, but it depends how you look upon it and whose side you look upon it from. For those that run it. That's as simple as that. And also, too, this article about Australia again, it says South Australian property agents are targeting the Asian markets. It's all about the Chinese, uh, very wealthy people moving into Australia, buying up all the top real estate there. And uh, that's it's set up, that, as I said before, the Royal Institute of International Affairs through the, through the Institute for Pacific Relations, one of their branches, has been working for 80 odd years for, to eventually merge the country, to get the whole trade uh, group in in the Far East as under one trade group. And they've done it now. And now, of course, Australia and New Zealand come under the, the tutelage basically of China as, as a boss. All set up by the boys in London, the city of London. I'll put that up tonight too. And also, 
This article too, it says bank deposits of over 100,000 euros may be at risk. Now this is the mantra, as I've told you, news is also meant to prepare you for things psychologically. Without you being aware of it, that's what's about. But it says bank deposits of over 100,000 euros may be at risk. It says proposals under the Irish presidency to deal with European bank collapses are likely to bail in, which is, which is rob uh, the large depositors. And so deposits of, of, of that are likely to go in the event of future European bank collapses, according to a proposal put forward by the Irish presidency of the European Council ahead of a key meeting of finance ministers next week. Discussions on the controversial bank uh, resolution regime, which is likely to see savers with deposits over €100,000 uh, bailed in as part of future bank wind-downs. I like, I like the terms that they rob you as part of bank wind-downs are due to intensify this week in Brussels in Europe ahead of Tuesday's meeting, which will be chaired by Minister for Finance Michael Noonan. We'll try to get some guidance from ministers about the possible design of the bailout tool. I mean, it's all getting prepared to plunder depositors. And, and no one's saying, hey, this is all wrong, got to stop it right now. No one's saying this. It's the opposite. They're all saying we've got to do this. We've got to all, get it all legal so they can plunder each country's currency and, and their savings of depositors. And so it says here that the Irish Times takes no responsibility. Under a compromise text proposed by the Irish presidency, uninsured deposits of over 100,000 euros would be bailed in, stolen, in the event that a bank is resolved, but the depositors would rank higher than other creditors in the event of a wind down. <laughs> in this scenario known as deposit preference, depositors would rank at the very end of the process with other creditors first absorbing losses. I mentioned before too that Bill Gates the other day, uh, I mentioned that Bill Gates was one of the big uh, investors in, in the, one of the big banks in Ireland. Of course he was bailed out. And this is what they're talking about. Uh, they'll bail them out first, the big boys that hold their bonds, you see. And, but they'll steal your money as a depositor. You're at the end of the queue as a depositor. Not bad, eh? And you think you're living in some sort of, of, of <laughs> the just society? Isn't that they keep telling you the good society, democracy? Mm-hmm. Well, and also this article from Business Week says, Finance ministers will hold talks next week on proposed European Union rules for writing down failing banks, creditors amid splits over the status of uninsured depositors and the powers that should be handed to national regulators. D- do you vote for national regulators? No. Do you get a chance to? You don't know who they are? Of course you don't. Democracy, right? The treatment of uninsured depositors remains a key issue, particularly after recent events, according to a document prepared by Ireland. It's the same article, but in a different, tells you a bit more information about it. Uh, and it says the EU leaders have a set, a set a June deadline for governments and the European Parliament to agree on the text of a bank failure law. So here's a law coming in June, and you can guarantee after that they'll start plundering the banks. This is aimed at, ask, at taking taxpayers off the hook for rescues. In the absence of such a system, nations have injected 1.7 trillion euros into their banking system since the 2008 collapse of the Lehman Brothers Holdings Inc., according to European Commission data. The big bankers sunk us, and now they're plundering us all again. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, reading about all the rules that are being readied for the big next round of bank collapses as they plunder depositors' savings uh, in order to save the big boys at the top, means the guys with, with hold all the bonds and so on. And it is talking about this in Business Week, which is a harmonized approach. It says national officials clash on the design of the write-down rules at a meeting of the ambassadors last week, according to a European official. While governments, including the UK and France, argue that the write-down rules will be ineffective unless regulators have the power to adjust them according to circumstances. That means they've got to make sure that the big boys get paid first. Some other nations are concerned that this discretion could fuel uncertainty and lead to a patchwork of approaches across the 27 nation bloc. Now, this is... The readiness, remember, we're talking about the readiness to plunder the banks again, which is your savings. And it says many member states consider that the major drawbacks to the harmonized approach, it's a harmonized theft. That's not, that's pretty good, isn't it? As the inability to deal with unforeseen events and that the absence of flexibility may result in the resolution authority in avoiding or being unable to use the bail-in tool, the theft tool, according to the document. And it says Ireland is also seeking guidance from governments on what rules should govern the use of national bank financed funds, which we set up under the law to help cover costs at failing lenders. As it's provisional versions of the legislation would allow only these so-called resolution funds to be tapped after creditors have been written down. There are a small number of member states who would like a greater flexibility in the use of resolution fund to allow it to be used for direct solvency support. So, it's all being readied, and they can't tell you gleefully enough, article after article, that the top central bankers, private central bankers, all under the Bank for National Settlements in Europe, are, are, are getting this law passed in June to allow them to plunder every bank across the whole of Europe and make it the, the new normal. The new normal, folks. And here's a good article on it too. It says the Cyprus bank bail-in is another crony bankster scam, it says. A new strategy has been unveiled around the world with the first test run in Cyprus. Despite early denials, the bail-in strategy, which is the theft of your deposits for insolvent banks, has already become official policy throughout Europe and internationally as well. At first glance, the bail-in resembles a normal capitalist process of liabilities restructuring that should occur when a bank becomes insolvent. Equity investors and most junior creditors lose everything. Less junior creditors get a debt equity conversion and senior creditors get 100%. The bank can remain in operation and does not have to liquidate any assets. No public money is required. He says, I've been an advocate of restructuring insolvent banks according to these basic capitalistic principles, which requires no public funds. The difference with the bail-ins, the theft, is that the order of creditors' seniority is changed. In the end, it amounts to the cronies, other banks and governments, and non-cronies. The cronies get 100% or more bailed out. The non-cronies, including non-interest-bearing depositors, who should be super senior, get a kick in the guts instead, it says here. It says, all insured deposits in individuals and legal entities up to 100,000 euros have, as of of March 26, been transferred from the Lackey Bank to the Bank of Cyprus. In addition, the entire amount of deposits belonging to financial institutions, the government, municipalities, municipal councils and other public entities, insurance companies, charity schools, educational institutions and deposits belonging to JCC Payment Systems Limited have been transferred to the Bank of Cyprus. That's how it looked in Cyprus. Is all other deposits exceeding 100,000 euros remain in the bad leaky bank. 
Did you get that? Financial institutions such as the general banks and central banks, including the Bundesbank, get full repayment along with government entities while everyone else gets to eat sand. If you're robbing a bank, would you take only a little of the money in the vault? No, you would take all of it. The bankers see it the same way when they rob you. Once they have performed the initial crime of sticking the losses with the non-crony creditors who are generally, generally senior, while the cronies who are generally junior get out, get out scot-free, you might as well keep going. So this can take a number of forms. It says, one, it's a possibility that the assets of the bank will be sold at fire sale prices to other cronies. A bad loan might not be worth the full 100 cents in the dollar, but it might have a reasonable economic value of 50 cents. That's when Soros would buy up. Sell the loan to a crony for 5 cents, and the crony effectively gets 45 cents of instant profit, and it's 10 times the gain. Since the losses are taken by the non-crony creditors, this is one reason why I generally do not recommend liquidation, but rather continuation as a going concern for insolvent banks. Another strategy is loan write-downs. Crony borrowers effectively get loan forgiveness, and you no longer owe anything money. Instead, the crony borrowers might get the loans due to advanced information just before the bank's restructuring. The loan forgiveness ends up as losses for non-crony creditors. This has already happened in Cyprus, where investigations have already begun regarding loan write-offs for local lawmakers. And it goes on and on and on. It's quite a good article, actually. I'll put up tonight to give some more detailed breakdown of how all this, how this chronology works. And I mentioned this for a long time, that governments are, are, are just tools for private institutions, starting with the banks at the top, on top of the international lenders. They set up the Royal for International Affairs, the private club they belong to that runs the world. And it says, new rule signals kiss of death for pensions. They had to go after the pensions because, you see, these big bankers have used the pensions of people that they paid in 40, 50 years of their lives and invested them and reinvested them thousands of times over, raked off incredible money off them in interest. And then the guy at the end of the road gets a little pittance of a pension at the end. But it's too much for them, according to the big boys now. It says, new rule signals a kiss of death for pensions. So a little known rule that change that allows companies to contribute fewer dollars to pension funds is signaling just how meaningless the, the retirement vehicle has become. This proves that pensions are pretty much dead, said Greg McBride, chief economist at Bankrate.com. The change is just another uh, charade to mass underfunding of pensions and increases the odds of having less money for retirement. It's not necessarily the immediate end of pensions, but it's not good for them, and it's certainly a bad sign, he said. The pension change was all part of a transportation bill called Moving Ahead for Progress. There you go. See, progress again. The bus terms in the 21st century, or MAP 21. Passed by Congress last June, the change became mandatory this year. In essence, MAP 21 lets employers put less money in their pension plans by allowing them to value their liabilities, what they have to pay out to pensioners as a liability, using a 25-year average of interest rates instead of current rates. When interest rates are low, like now, pension plan liabilities are estimated to be higher, and companies have to put in more money. When rates are higher, the liabilities are figured to be smaller, and employers' contributions are less. The 25-year average is expected to be at least 2 to 3 percentage points higher than rates today. 
The reduced amount that companies will be putting in has to be figured out by each firm based on the higher rates. But Madison Pension Services, a consulting firm, has reported that some minimum pensions contributions in 2012 were reduced by 33%. And it goes on and on and on uh, uh, with more uh, data here. Lots of links to it too. A oh, very good article that folks should read in the U.S. It's happening elsewhere too. Also, this article ties right in with pensions and so on. And again, it's a blatant, it's a blatant uh, attack on the elderly itself. It's, understand, if you're elderly now, you should really be scared because they're after not just your pension. They don't want to, to live anymore. I'm not kidding about that. The eugenicists don't want you to live anymore. It says the Queen's speech will undo one of the most sensible reforms of the Thatcher era, writes Andrew Haldenby, it says. And it says, um, speaking after last week's chastening local election results, the Conservative Party chairman Grant Shapps set out his agenda to regain popular support. He said fixing the economy and sorting out the welfare system and helping hardworking people to get on. Well, they always tell you that rubbish. It says, tomorrow's Queen's speech is a timely opportunity for government to make progress on those fronts and indeed in its last practical uh, chance to announce any radical legislation in the Parliament. It says, ministers know that the states could hardly be higher despite their efforts. National debt is already at its highest level for 40 years because it's the welfare capital of Europe. This is because the annual deficit in the public accounts is proving so hard to control. Our debts are set to increase even further, peaking in uh, the next Parliament. It says benefits are the problem. And now they're not blaming the, the millions of immigrants have taken in. And not, they're not all unemployed, remember, but a lot of them are. And they have big families. But who are they going to blame? Oh, the elderly. It's the British elderly, you see. It says, um, it says how can we tackle the challenge? He says, well, one way Shap's comments were exactly one would think. At the cost of not just of the welfare system, but on the welfare state, and in particular pensions and the National Health Service that will threaten the public finances, both in Parliament and for decades to come. So it's the pension system, the elderly, and the National Health Service. It says, and what is chiefly responsible for this process, which will imperil the economy and demand higher taxes from the hard-working people he talks about, is the ageing and the population. Someone aged 65 who retires today has a one in six chance of spending three decades in retirement. By 2035, the odds will be one in four. It says that the increase in life expectancy is a cause for celebration for everyone, but the Treasury, which is saddled with rising commitments to retired people. Now, as I mentioned before, each person who's paid in their, their whole life to, retar- to retirement funds, it doesn't sit in some sort of bank somewhere. It gets, in, re- gets invested immediately, every penny you put in. And it brings in its cost many, many times over, way beyond what this person's ever going to, to, to spend, even if they get paid a pension for 50 years. Because, you see, the big banks lend it out to, to, to countries that Moody's downgraded and so on, sometimes for a, a usury interest of 180%. Massive profits, isn't it? Then it says here, already the basic state for pension costs more than $70 billion per year, uh, while the National Health Service spends roughly twice as much on pensioners as on those in work, of working age. So, see, old folk are bad because they want pension money and they also paid taxes for all the health care. And now that they need the health care, they should just, you know, I guess euthanize them rather than spend it on them. This is where it's all going, folks. And then they have another article that says why pensioners should pay more tax. And so on. And so, so here you go. And then here's an article right next to it. It says, as ties right in with it, this is definitely a coordinated attack. Only immigrants can save us from pensioners. 
Save us from pensioners. Record number of Britons are retiring and it's only one way they're realistically going to be able to afford it. We've known for years to expect the deluge of baby boomers starting to claim retirement benefits, but it's always seemed so far away. Not anymore, we've reached the cliff edge. The government recently announced that the number of over 65s in the UK is set to rise by 150,000 this year alone. The trend of rising retirees is set to continue for the next 20 years at least, especially as people continue to live longer. This is excuse they're giving. There's no proof that they're living longer, by the way. If anything, for getting sicker. This is good news. This is a propaganda piece, you understand. So this is good news for retired people who no longer have to haul themselves to work every day. They could spell disaster for the economy. Problem is that retired people cost a lot through pensions, health care, and welfare allowances. As a civilized country, we want to give our oldest people the best possible living standards, blah, blah, blah. So making retirements economically feasible is the biggest challenge for the government and may in the future. And then you want about how to afford them, etc., etc. So you need more immigrants, need more immigrants, need more immigrants. To destroy the culture altogether, that's the big part of it too, isn't it? I mean, Britain's been paying massive welfare systems to masses of immigrants for a long time now. And setting them up, even brand new immigrants, even bring them in from some countries and set them up. And some of them don't have to pay taxes for quite a few years if they've got a private business going. Things like that. You don't get that if you live in Britain, if you're born there. And he's an article too about uh, how, how the systems change. You've all been trained to, to be under sort of kind of martial law scenarios now. It says arrest first and ask questions later. How dawn raids and ransacking houses became standard operating procedure, it says. It says Deputy Speaker Nigel Evans was arrested in a blaze of flashbulbs and television lights and accused of rape by two men he had regarded as friends. And uh, so he raped two guys, you know. These are the, the two that have come forward anyway. Deputy Speaker Nigel Evans was arrested. It says, now is the turn of Deputy Speaker Nigel Evans to have his life turned upside down over allegations of sexual assault. He was arrested in a blaze of flashbulbs and television lights accused of rape by the two men. It says, his house and car have been searched and bags of evidence taken away by detectives, but as yet he still hasn't been charged with anything. As for the procession of aging TV personalities targeted by the Jimmy Savile squad, he says, I make no comment on the veracity of the allegations. They're all innocent or proven guilty. Last night, we learned that Jimmy Tarbuck had been added to the list of celebrities arrested and questioned. He says, let me reiterate what I wrote back in January when Jim Davidson and his caller felt at Heathrow Airport over an incident supposed to have taken place 25 years ago. The police have a duty to investigate complaints of sexual assault. Just because an allegation is historic doesn't mean it should be ignored. If there's compelling evidence, it must be tested in court. We don't know the specifics and so on. It says of Nigel Evans, he says he's mystified the allegations and so on. Perhaps it really was necessary to subject his property to the full CSI treatment. And it's true, these problems like CSI and all that have trained the public this is normal procedure. Just come blazing into your houses and through the windows and through the doors and the whole bits. Uh, and that's, see, the, what they show you on TV becomes a reality. That's what, how you're trained to accept things. I said, but what concerns me is the increasing tendency of the police to rest first uh, and ask questions later in high profile sex cases. What used to happen was that someone would make a complaint, the police would take a statement and test its credibility. If it appeared that the person being accused had a case to answer, they would initially be interviewed under caution. If the press got a whiff of it, the old Bailey would say merely that someone was helping with inquiries. But then it was ended up the new way of going after people today. See, they can throw a lot of, the, especially the older ones, to, to the mob now. They don't care. 
They really don't care. It's, it's good PR for the cops and so on. Not that they should be arrested them anyway, but these guys definitely are, are guilty. Then let it go through the courts and we'll see what happens. Probably nothing will happen. What are they going to do to them at that age? Some of them are 80s. They're 80s now. But the politicians doesn't surprise me. There's nothing new in that at all. You understand the most aggressive psychopaths of all head up towards politics. And often the rest of them will actually go into the money fields. The big speculation, money fields and so on. Where they get their adrenaline flowing. They feel the power of it. And a lot of the, the guys at the top two are, are, have a certain proclivity for uh, particular sexual um, trends, put it that way, and tendencies. And this article here too says, again, we know we're under a completely new system of totalitarian control. The Royal Institute of International Affairs said they were going after all of the waters, the water supply for the planet eventually. That's what they would do. All mineral, gold, all the things that you need, basically, and, and industry needs, they would get it first. And eventually food as well. And they put Monsanto and a whole bunch of them out there, Synergia, etc. Seed industry to benefit from the from new EU regulation. An NGO says it says the European Commission Monday uh, tabled an extensive package covering plants and animal health. It says it will strengthen standards for the whole food chain, but others call it a victory for the seed industry. The value of crops in the EU uh, is worth 205 billion euros annually. The EU Commissioner for the Health, Tonio Borg, is a Borg, told reporters in Brussels that the proposal will increase the traceability and surveillance of seeds on the EU market. But what actually does is forbid you to use certain seeds, even in your back garden, folks, without proof where you got them. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and being this article here about Monsanto and others, but it says here that what they're giving, what they're giving these companies now, these corporations, is the same rights they already have in the states where they themselves have been in charge of testing and, and regulating and rubber stamping the, the, the okayness of their own seed, basically. So they'll be doing that in Europe across the board. And uh, it's interesting too, it says that on Monsanto's own website, they talk about the, how many farmers they go after that, that they find seed on their land. So the company is a jealous guardian of the seeds and has issued 145 lawsuits against U.S. farmers, or about 11 every year on average since 1997. Today, only nine cases have gone through to full trial. and every one of these instances, the jury or court decided in our favor, states the Monsanto website. Well, I'll, I'll put up uh, an article before uh, when they tried this in Canada and actually caught Monsanto guys trying to bribe with big cash sums uh, bureaucrats in Ottawa to allow them to do the same kind of thing here. This is how you get through life in big business. For those who are naive out there, this is how it really works, folks. They're ruthless, utterly ruthless, to get their own way. And they pay off the judges and everything else. They really do. Also, this article 2, again, about Britain. It says that there could be a potential disaster in Britain if the country does not stop open-door access to British borders claims controversial UKIP member of the European Parliament. 
and it says no matter who runs our police forces, Britain will be unable to stop the tidal flood of new immigrants, which is supposed to be great, you see, because this is too many old folk here, they claim. Because the government's hands are tied and it cannot stop restrictions being lifted without tearing up the treaty signed with, the Bul- with Bulgaria and Romania. So they're blaming those two countries, but it's not their fault. When they joined the EU in 2007... It says the government is frightened to predict how many Bulgarians and Romanians will move here. Well, actually, they know already, because most of the young Bulgarians already go out of the country. They've been living in poverty since the Soviet system. And during the Soviet system, it's one of the poorest countries in, in, the, in the, all of Europe. And they've got more Romanians moving in, for sure, because the previous administration grossly underestimated the numbers in 2004. It predicted fewer than 20,000 Eastern Europeans would arrive, but Office for National Statistics figures show more than 600,000 were working in Britain last year. Already statistics have shown that Romania's population has fallen by more than 12% since 2002, as hundreds of thousands leave the poverty-stricken nation for richer countries such as Britain. And it goes on and on. But again, this is all by design, folks, and it's done by the collusion of the top politicians in Britain to, as I said, Tony Blair went through all this too. He opened the floodgates to all countries, and he did have that intention to destroy the British culture forever, and it came out from his right-hand man to say that. That's part of the agenda. So don't blame the people that are flooding in, because this is all done through treaties. And to be honest with you, if I live in one of these poor countries, I'd flood in there too. Or somewhere else. Why stay at home and starve? It's all done by treaties at the top. And everybody's getting used, including the immigrants themselves. They don't know it. And one of the biggest scandals, again, it's hit the, <laughs> the National Health Service. Doesn't surprise me in this system that where everything's degraded and degraded and folk are kept and, 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 and trained to be utterly naive. It's, it's New Kids Organ scandal hits the National Health Service. They've been plundering babies' and children's organs for over 20 years without permission, folks. Massive, on a massive scale. Again. And I'll touch on that tomorrow night. Because it's just... That doesn't surprise me. Uh, we're all worth money even when we're dead to certain people. From Hamish Michelle from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>